You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 115. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing great and I hope you're having a great week. Today we are going to talk about having no time for your schedule. Now what does that mean? So many people are coming to me and they're like, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to make food. I don't have time to prep. I don't have time to cook dinner. I don't have time for anything, barely for my kids. So how am I supposed to get my health on track? How am I supposed to get my fitness on track, my nutrition, when I just don't have time. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. How can you make time when you have no time? Because I am sure that living a life like that is probably not creating a lot of happiness in your life. So we're going to talk today about how to create a little more time when you're feeling so overwhelmed with your schedule. But first, we've got our eagle's eye on health. We're going to talk today about something that caught my eye about flame retardants. That's something you don't think about concerning your health. You, you, I would have never thought about this ever, but this caught my eye because it was in the science journal. Here's another reason to wash your hands frequently, they say, and keep your house clean. This can reduce your exposure to risky flame retardants, according to a recent study in the Journal of Exposure, Science, and Environmental Epidemiology. I'm sure you guys are all reading that weekly. <laughs> Commonly added to the upholstered furniture, carpet, padding, insulation, electronics, and other products to prevent or slow the ignition of fires, flame retardants have been linked to hormone disruption, reduced fertility, thyroid problems, and even cancer. Studies have found that the chemicals often end up in household dust, which is easily picked up on our hands and then put in our mouth, as well as inhaled. Not surprisingly, the chemicals have been found in human tissue, blood urine, or blood I should say, urine, and breast milk. In the study, researchers from Columbia University examined exposure to seven commonly used organophosphate flame retardants in 32 women. Initially, flame retardants were found in urine samples from almost all of them. For the first week, half the women were instructed to clean their homes more than usual, half to do extra hand washing. The house cleaning group was given vacuums and microfiber mops and cloths to reduce dust levels. The hand washing group was given soaps and told to wash their hands more often, especially before meals. During the second week of the study, all women were asked to do both extra hand washing and house cleaning. After the first week, urine samples from both groups showed that levels of most of the flame retardants had declined significantly, some as much as half. After the second week, they dropped even more. Women with the above average initial levels of the chemicals had the greatest decreases after the interventions. Cleanliness is especially important in households with children or pregnant women since young children and fetuses are most vulnerable to the chemicals effects. So something to think about, right? 
There's so many chemicals out there and we don't even know how they're affecting our life and our health. And we're so quick to actually look at nutrition and, you know, how is that affecting my hormones and am I working out enough? And then there'll be these chemicals that could be actually doing more harm than anything in your household. So the takeaway really is wash your hands. Wash your hands all the time. (laughs) Always before a meal. I always tell my son as soon as he walks in the house, go wash your hands. That's the first thing he has to do as soon as he walks in the house. And before I touch anything in the kitchen, I wash my hands. Um, It also helps for not getting sick. And we're about to head into winter time. And so you know how that can be with a lot of the germs. So just make washing your hands a common thing that you do all the time because not only will it prevent you from getting sick so much, but apparently it might also help reduce these levels of flame retardants that may potentially already be in our body. Okay, so as I said, I hear this a lot and I know that it's true. I hear things like, I don't have time to do anything. Uh, I have to sacrifice my sleep to get a workout in. I can't work out because then I can't spend time with my partner at night. I can't make food because I'm always in a rush and I don't have time to go to the market, so I always end up just grabbing something while I'm out or going through fast food. Honestly, if you knew how often I heard these things, you would be amazed. And right now you're probably thinking, she's talking about me. I told her this once, she's talking about me. (laughs) I'm talking about a lot of people. And so that's how I know that this is a real issue. I am not denying that this is an issue for so many people, but how long can you keep this going? Because living that life of, for one, always being in a rush, for two, not having the time to take care of yourself and your health, how long can you keep doing that? Because it's not, it's not going to be healthy, and I, I would guess you're probably not that happy, right? So the first thing that's really important is sort of come to grips where, where you are at. Are you the person who is burning the candle at both ends? Are you sitting here right now in your car listening to the podcast, shaking your head? Oh my God, yes, I am. I'm stressed out all the time. I have no time for anything. I never do anything for myself. Are you happy this way? That is something you really have to come to grips with. Are you happy this way? Because I'll tell you, some people, they thrive on that lifestyle. Some people actually do better when they are super busy and they can get more done because that's how it works for them. But other people, they drown in that lifestyle. So if you're the person who's drowning and you feel like you don't have any time, you don't have time to take care of yourself, you can't cook for yourself, You can barely cook for your kids. You're constantly running them around. You're running to work. You're running home. And, you know, the workout is the last thing that you have time for. Not to mention, you're exhausted. I would have to think that if you're not eating healthy and you're always eating out, you're even more exhausted. And the last thing you want to do is work out. So let's talk a little bit about how you can make some changes. You have to be willing to really sit down and be honest with yourself about the reality that you cannot keep this up forever. So where can you make some changes that will maybe start to give you a little reprieve, a little time off, a little more space in your day? The number one thing you can do, in my opinion, is you probably need to cut out 
all social media and all that TV time. So like anything that involves a screen, you don't have time for. I can tell you that right now. And that's okay, you will not miss out. (laughs) If you give up social media, I will high five you. I tell people all the time, if I didn't have a career and a business that required social media, I would take it off my phone in a heartbeat. But that's not an option right now. So I would cut out social media. I would take Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I would take it all off your phone. Don't even have access to it because you know how many times you're just like sitting there and you open your phone and and you get sucked in, but you do not have time for that because you told me that you don't even have time to make your own meals, right? So then you don't have time for social media and TV. So just take screen time right out and we may have just given you back 30 minutes to an hour or more of your day. But I'm very serious about that because that time that you spend on social media, you could be spending organizing the day for tomorrow, planning your meals for tomorrow, um, you know, just scheduling things in general. So that would be a number one. A number two thing that you could do is start combining your efforts. And what I mean by that is when you make lunch for yourself, you should be making lunch for the kids at the same time. So this is something I do every day. When I make my lunch that I'm about to eat right then and there, I make two of them. And one of them, I wrap up and I put it in the fridge because that will be my son's lunch for the next day. Now, a lot of people ask me like, well, doesn't it get mushy and doesn't da 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 I mean, it depends what you're making. He gets peanut butter and jelly three days a week because that's what he wants. (laughs) I'm always wondering at what point he will get sick of that, but he doesn't. So peanut butter and jelly does not get soggy the next day. It's like less than 24 hours he'll be eating it. And I wrap it up um, and I put it in these special lunch bots, they're called, these tins for his lunch. Uh, I cut up my fruit. I have some fruit with lunch every day and I cut some up for him. Again, it goes right into his lunch for tomorrow. So that means later that night, I don't have to be making lunches. In the morning, I don't even ever think you should make your kids lunches in the morning because it's too hectic of a time. So if you have the ability to make it the day before when you're gonna make your lunch, that would be combining efforts, right? Another way to combine efforts is just by always doubling up any dinner that you're making. If you're making dinner, make twice the amount. It does not take you twice as long to do that. So make twice the amount and put some in the freezer so that you have that meal to grab when you have those nights that you do not have time to cook. Instead of running into a drive-through, you have a freezer meal that all you have to do is heat it up. So combine your efforts whenever you possibly can. Number three, put your foot down. (laughs) What do I mean by this? Sometimes I feel like my clients or my friends are giving their families a bit too much. So tell me if this sounds familiar. Well, I make my dinner, but I like to eat healthy, but my family doesn't wanna eat what I eat, so I make them a different dinner, or I have to make this kid one thing because they like this, but the other kid doesn't like that, so I have to make that, so I kinda have to make three different meals. If you're making anything more than one dinner a night, you have got to put your foot down. Now, all people should be eating healthy, so I I never like to hear, well, I'm gonna eat healthy, but then my husband doesn't wanna eat healthy, or my kids don't wanna eat healthy. Well. In my opinion, (laughs) and I laugh when I say that, but 
if they don't like what you're eating, they can make their own dinner. And I, I remember several times when my son was younger and he was like, I don't want to eat that. Well, feel free to make your own dinner. It really, I don't think he ever complained again. He didn't want to make his own dinner. Um, I think my sister has probably said that to her kids and sometimes they get up and they make their own dinner. And that's an option, right? But if you are already burning the candle at both ends and you're like actually making dinner, I don't think you should have to make three dinners. And if you're doing that, well, sure, your family loves it. I mean, it's, it's no skin off their back if you're working yourself to the bone, but it's time to put your foot down. I don't think that that's necessary. Um, I mean, I hate to even say this, but I don't, I mean, I don't, if your husband doesn't like what you're cooking and you're eating healthy, then he also can make his own food, right? A lot of husbands are not going to like me after this podcast, but that's my personal opinion. And again, you're doing the best you can already and making three dinners or two dinners for people who don't like what you're making. It's not going to work. Okay. So if you can save yourself some time right there, that will help you as well. Now, the fourth thing is very important because it is so important that you're getting seven to eight hours of sleep. And most of the people who come to me who say, I don't have time to do A, B, and C are not even getting seven to eight hours of sleep. So that means you have to schedule your sleep because the sleep is the most important thing. I actually think that sleep is more important than potentially your nutrition and your workouts. And sometimes a client says, I have to sacrifice my sleep to get in a workout. I actually don't want that because I think it'll do more harm than good. And especially if you're trying to lose weight, if you're not getting seven to eight hours of sleep, you're not going to lose weight because hormones are secreted while you're sleeping. And if you're not getting enough of that REM sleep, you're not getting the growth hormones that are secreted while you're sleeping. So you're sort of defeating a lot of purposes by doing that. So seven to eight hours of sleep, how are you going to do that when you're already so stressed and you you can't fit this in and that in? You're going to schedule it because I honestly think Putting it in a schedule makes things happen. So if you say, I'm going to be in bed every night at nine and I'm not, you know, and then you get up potentially at at six, whatever time it is, five, five or six, that is important. But if you're up till 10 at night, 11 at night, 12, midnight, when when I get an email from a client and I see that they emailed me at like 12.30 at night. I'm That my first reaction before I even comment on a food log is, how late were you up last night? How many hours of sleep did you get? It's not okay. So start scheduling your sleep. Tell your husband, tell your kids, I'm going to be in bed by 9, 9.30 every night. That is my goal this week. Another thing is when you get your seven to eight hours of sleep, you will feel better. You will be able to handle these days that are a little crazy a little better. But by no means do I ever want you skipping sleep to work out. And if you're having trouble with all of that and sleep is like definitely a struggle for you, I did a whole podcast on sleep, how to fall asleep, how to stay asleep, how to, how to sleep better, all of that uh, podcast episode number 90. I would definitely go back to that. Now, number five, what can you do when your schedule is so crazy? You have to ask for help. You have to be okay with asking for help. It is okay. I know for, oh, I can't even say a lot of women and a lot of men. For some people, asking for help is like admitting failure. It's not. Our lives are so full these days. And sometimes we just can't do it all by ourselves. So ask your partner 
Can they go to the market that day? And maybe you can make them the list of what you need, but maybe they can go get the food, right? Um, ask your partner if they can cook dinner sometimes as well. In my house, th- my, my opinion <laughs> is if two people work, then both people need to cook dinner, right? Now, a lot of people are stay-at-home moms, which is the hardest job in the world. And a stay-at-home mom usually, I don't want to say it's her job to make dinner, but that is, you know, she's home with the kids and she provides the meals and and that's great. But if you work, because I know a lot of women, they work. Well, they work just as hard as their husband does. And they're usually the ones who pick up the kids and do a lot of the school activities and whatnot. So sometimes dad or husband or partner might need to make a couple meals a week too, right? Maybe you could ask. Maybe you could ask for that help. Maybe they wouldn't even mind, but you've always done it. So they never thought to step in, right? Um, so that's something. And and maybe dad works so much, or husband, that that would be like impossible for him because he would come home and, you know, he wouldn't even get home till 6.30 or 7 and then would have to start cooking and he wouldn't be eating till 8 or 9. Maybe once or twice a week, he does bring food home from a restaurant. Of course, I always prefer a home-cooked meal, but maybe that's not an option. And those two nights a week, he brings home, brings home the food. Maybe those are the two nights you can get a workout in. So there has to be sort of a compromise. But don't be afraid to ask for help. Kids, if you have kids, guess what? At a certain age, they can fold their own laundry. My son has been folding his laundry for probably the last three years. That means he was 13 when he started folding. You could probably even start earlier. So they can fold their own laundry. They can learn how to cook a little bit too. Depends how old they are. And I do recognize that asking a young one to cook could be more work for you. But uh, as they get older, the teenagers, my son started cooking. So if I needed him to, he would cook dinner. He knows how. I've taught him how. So start teaching your kids how to make certain foods because you might need that help. They can help you prep snacks. So one thing that my son has done for many, many, many years is he has to prepare his own snacks for his lunchbox. It's not really a lunchbox. He's in high school now, but he does bring his lunch to school. And he has to prepare his own snacks, meaning on Sundays, he gets a bunch of little baggies out or Tupperwares, whatever we use, and he gets, you know, whether it's uh, little chip bags or cut up. I'd love to say he cuts up vegetables, but he doesn't. But you know what I mean? He gets his cliff builder bar out and he puts like, you know, five aside for the week. And then he prepacks some almonds and, and different snacks is what I'm saying. But I finally got him to do that because it was one more thing that I didn't have to do. And he can do it. And you know what? Even the younger kids prepping snacks, they would probably take a little pride in doing it. So so give them that honor and give them that option and take the help. Uh, basically, if asking doesn't work, then a little bit of delegating might work. So you're going to do this today. You're going to do that today. Mom needs help. The next thing, number six. All right. So how many of you have kiddos and they have sports? And these sports are killing you. (laughs) I totally get it. I've been there. I've lived through it. The first thing I want to tell you is if you are taking a kiddo to sport practice and you have to sit there and wait for them, 
that is a great time to work out, yeah? If it's a soccer field or a baseball field, I don't care what field it is, that's a run, in my opinion. You can go for a run. I used to do it all the time with my son. I used to do a combo thing, as I called it earlier, a combo effort when I would take him to baseball. I would bring my dog and I would run and the dog would get his exercise at the same time so that I didn't have to then walk my dog when I got home. So. If you're the one sitting there watching your your child play their sport, it is a great time to work out. Now, I like to watch my kid play as well. So you might be like, but that's my time I watch my kid. I love to watch them play. Like they usually have games on weekends. So for sure, that's a great time to watch. And you know, even if it's 30 minutes of you working out and then 30 minutes where you can watch them, that's better than nothing. It's better than sitting on the bleachers. So definitely that would be number one. Make sure if you're sitting there while you're waiting for them in their sport that you are working out. Uh, Another thing you can do is if you drop them off for their sport, that can be a great time to go to the market. Use that time efficiently. You might be sitting in the car waiting for them. Get out that phone or that pen and paper and start planning meals for next week. Use the time. Don't use the time in the car to be on social media because you don't have that time, remember? So you have to use that time as best you can. Now, I did another podcast a while ago. I think the title of it was, Are Your Kids Sports Making You Fat? (laughs) Because what do you do after all these things? You sit there, you don't do anything, then before you know it, your child's sport is done and it's 6.30 at night and you're all starving and you go through drive-through every night or every other night. And I don't blame you, but there's ways around that that are going to help. So check out episode, podcast episode number 40 was Are Your Kids kids Sports Making You Fat? It has a lot of tips to help you with this situation as well. Now, another thing you can do if you have no time for anything, number seven, you got to make lists. To me, lists are everything. And I'm like a real pen to paper kind of person. But if you're a phone person, that's fine too. But you need to start making lists of what you have to do that day. Do I need to go food shopping? Do I need to get this for dinner? Do I need to do that for the kiddo? Whatever it may be, for some reason, lists start to organize you and organize your day. And you're more likely to tackle those things if they're written down. So I think that making lists can often create a little more space and time for you in your day. So get the list, either make your list that morning or the night before. The nice thing about making a list the night before is that you might actually sleep a little sounder because do you ever toss and turn because you remembered something you have to do the next day and you don't want to forget about it. And, you know, if you had a list of everything for your next day, it'd already be done, it'd be written down. I think you'll sleep a lot sounder. And if you are tossing and turning because you forgot something to put on the list, just Get up, add it to the list, and go back to bed because you'll then fall back to sleep instead of tossing and turning all night. We have all been there. Number eight, this is a very serious one for those people who are always so busy, too busy, can't fit in anything for themselves. Guess what you get to do? You need to schedule less in your life. You need to say no more often. You need to take on less. So likely, if you're too busy to do anything, you might be that yes person. Hey, can you volunteer at school for this? Yes. 
hey, can you pick up my my kid today? Um, you know, I'm gonna be out doing this. Can you help me out? Yes. Are you the yes person? Or potentially are you the person who is always scheduling like really fun things, but like a lot of things, right? Like every night of your weekend is plans. You're going out with these people, you're going to a play, you're going to a concert, like you're overbooked. What you can do is spend the next two weeks saying no. Be a no person and see how it affects your life. Yeah, it doesn't work for everyone, meaning the friends who've been counting on you all the time. They might not be happy, but you don't even have time to make your own dinner. So you have to, and, and it's okay. It's okay to say no sometimes. Uh, you might even need to go back into your calendar right now and see what's ahead for the next couple weeks and cancel some things to look at your calendar and realize it's too much. You don't have to be at every function, at every party, at every social gathering. Like the kids, the kids alone have so much going on that sometimes you have to sacrifice for yourself. So I personally, I'm a less is more. The less on my schedule, the happier I am. But it might be something you want to look at your schedule. Number nine, you might have to change your life or your job. Because if you do all the things I just said, you just did all these eight things, if you really actively worked on all of those things and you still don't have time to make dinner, to make your kids lunches, and you're just giving them money to buy lunch at school every day, and you don't have time to ever work out, well, you're not healthy. This can't go on. You cannot burn the candle at both ends forever. You might have to make a life change. You might have to make a job change. And that's scary. And I'm not telling you to go in and quit your job tomorrow. But I am telling you that this might be a conversation you have with your partner. Um, maybe you see a therapist. Maybe you need to have this conversation with a therapist. Like, I can't do it all. Like, I need help. Like, is there another job out there for you? Is there something that could change? Is there a different position at your company that maybe would be better for your lifestyle? Because life is so short. And if you're always in a panic and a rush and the anxiety and, and you're never happy, then really what's the point, right? So it just might be time to ask yourself if this is working for your life. Because you don't want to look back at life and think, oh, I just blew everything and never really got to enjoy anything, right? So think about that. And the 10th thing that you can do, oh, the only real thing you can do is breathe. Take a moment, take a big inhale, in, out. Sometimes we just, we're just go, 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 go. And we just need to take a minute and breathe. So those are 10 things that I want you to do. Now, yes, I agree. The breathing one really might not give you any more time in your day. But I'll feel like you can manage more when you stop holding your breath and you can just take a moment and breathe. Truthfully, if you could turn that into like a five-minute meditation, I'd be really happy. But knowing that you can't even make dinner, I'm not going to force a meditation on you. Although, I think, I, what's the saying? If you don't have time to meditate once in a day, then you should meditate twice. Something like that. It's very true. Anyway, my point of this episode is if you're the person and you're just overwhelmed completely, what can you do to start making changes? Because if you're, if you're just going day to day and you're constantly yelling at your partner because you 
are stressed all the time because you don't have time to do anything and you never do anything nice for yourself. Just, I mean, here, I'm just trying to get you to do health maintenance, like cook for yourself, work out. But like, how about all the nice things that you need to do? Then you're probably, I would think, bickering with your partner a lot just because you're stressed and you're tired and you're tired of that life. So do what you can, cut out that social media, combine efforts, put your foot down, get your sleep, please ask for help, use the kids' sport time as time for you, make your lists, schedule less, and think about the job and life that you have right now and and if you need to make a serious change. And of course, just take a breath. Just breathe through it. At the end of the day, just breathe through it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for being a listener and a follower of the Earn That Body podcast. I get so many nice emails from people saying how much they love the show or which episode they really, you know, bonded with or it really it really meant something to them. I love those emails. Thank you. I'm glad that people are enjoying it. I don't make a penny doing the podcast. This is the way that I give back to Everyone, I guess. It's sort of what I call my volunteer work because all I really want to do at the end of the day is help spread health, fitness, and nutrition information to everyone. And I want it to be available to everyone so it is free. If you ever have any questions or do need personal help as well with your weight, your weight loss, your nutrition, you can always check out earnthatbody.com. And until next week, have a good one and schedule less. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.